Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. Share something this morning that uh, that I really believe is going to help um, equip you for. Um, as I just get organised up here, sorry for um, for this year. Um, how many of you have needs? Raise your hand if you have needs. Um, anyone whose hands are not raised, your line as well. <laughs> I got needs every day that I need God to move every day. And uh, it's, it's <clears throat> we say it often in church, uh, I'm, I'm believing for God to meet my needs. And, uh, and we believe that. But I've been, I've been just walking through in, in, in my mind and studied this, this bit of a concept that I wanna share with you this morning that I think is really gonna help you, has helped me as I've looked at it, um, that we can apply to our life in 2020 when it comes to areas of need that we either are facing right now or will face throughout the year. And, uh, and I wanna show you it in this story of 2 Kings chapter four. 2 Kings chapter four, it says, a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha saying, your servant, my husband is dead and you know that your servant feared the Lord and the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be slaves. So Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Then he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbours, empty vessels, do not gather just a few. When you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured it out. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full, she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said, there is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. And she came and told the man of God and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debt and you and your sons shall live on the rest. You and your sons shall live on the rest. This woman is in a difficult situation where there is multiple, there are multiple needs that she has. To be a woman in, in ancient times was considered, women would, were considered less than, let alone to be a woman that is widowed without money and without food. She has multiple needs. But I wanna show you, based upon how the prophet Elisha responds to this woman, a principle that I believe is in Scripture, that if we apply to our life, we can walk through difficult circumstances and come through it seeing God move and work on our behalf in the end. Looking through the Bible, we know there's so many different verses and they have this, the common verses that came to me when I was, when I was studying that have this, this running theme through it. Verses like when we walk through, I walk through, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. David also said that your word is a lamp unto my feet 
and a light into my path. Another familiar verse that I share a lot and pray over my life every day is that the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. The running theme through all of these you see is it speaks of, of, of somewhat of a journey, doesn't it? It's all about us moving through something or walking in something. And I say all that to say that I think the terminology that we use in church that I'm believing for God to meet my needs is actually not really, I know what we're saying, I say it too, but it's not really biblically correct. Because what I wanna share with you today and the the topic, if you like, of my little talk, a little message today is how to navigate, navigate my needs. Navigating, my needs. Can I suggest to you that that's probably what it is that you're walking through right now. If you have an area of need in your life that you're believing for God to do something in, that really the best way to approach it is not with the mindset of God, I'm waiting for you to meet my needs, but more with the mindset, God, would you help empower me and guide me to navigate through my needs so that this would not be something that you just take from me, but you help guide me through it so I can see victory worked in and through my life over it. I'm navigating, how to navigate my needs. Elisha comes up to this woman and Elisha is a man of God. Elisha is the same one that said to Elijah, I want a double portion. And Elijah, Elisha, I'm sorry, comes up into this situation and he asks this woman a question. And it's, and it's interesting because it seems that the answer to Elisha is pretty obvious, but he still asks it anyway. He says to the woman, what do you want? In the story, he says to her, what do you want me to do? He knows she's a widow He knows that she doesn't have food. He knows that she doesn't have money. He believes in the power of God. Elisha, why are you playing with her? Why are you messing with her? Why are you asking her what she wants? And there's a principle in this and it's the first thing that I want you to catch and I want you to write it down if you're taking notes because you're gonna need to do it as you navigate through different needs that will come up in your life in 2020. And I wanna ask you the same thing that Elisha asked this woman, what do you want? What are you believing for in 2020? Name your breakthrough. Do you know what it is? The first thing you have to do when it comes to navigating your needs is you have to say it. You've got to say out of your mouth what it is that you're believing for God to do. The Bible says that we have not because we ask not. You've got to speak it out of your mouth and believe God's Word that the power of life and death is in the tongue and I'm going to speak it out boldly because I believe my God is good and He's going to walk me to my breakthrough. What 
do you want? Caleb knew what this was. Caleb knew what it was to have to say it out of your mouth. Remember Caleb, Caleb was one of the 12 spies and the Bible says that in the book of Numbers, 12 spies went into the land. You know the story, 12 go in. 10 of them could only see giants. Two of them saw something different. Joshua was looking at grapes. Much like you this morning, he had food on his mind. But Caleb, Caleb saw grapes, but Caleb saw something else too. While those 10 chicken spies were worried about giants, Joshua was looking at grapes. But Caleb saw the grapes, but in the distance, he saw something behind the grapes that grabbed his attention. For Caleb, it wasn't just the grapes, it was a mountain. And Caleb saw this mountain and he knew what God had called him to. What can you see in your spirit? Maybe not in your physical eyes. Maybe what you see in your spirit is in contrast to what you see with your physical eyes. What do you see in your spirit? Because if you can catch it in your spirit, you can claim it out of your mouth. But you've got to catch it in your spirit. And this is what happened with Caleb. He saw past the grapes. He saw past the giants and he saw a mountain. And we know he saw a mountain because if you follow the story of the Israelites as they came out and they wandered and the Bible says, if you read the story, there's another from that moment that Caleb saw that mountain. There's another 23 chapters through the book of Numbers. There's go further, there's 34 chapters then through Deuteronomy, 14 chapters into Joshua, 71 chapters and 45 years later, Joshua, says to Caleb, what do you want? And Caleb looks at Joshua and says, give me my mountain. He spoke it out of his mouth. This joker was 85. And all those in the house that are 85 made some noise. I didn't expect much. But he got it in his spirit. But I love this verse. What I love about this verse in Joshua chapter 12, verse 14. Now therefore, this is his moment. Caleb's been hanging on to this thing. 45 years. We get upset when it doesn't happen next week. 45 years, 85 year old dude. Don't tell me it's over. Don't tell me it's too late. Don't tell me you're too old. 85 year old, 45 years later and says, he looks at Joshua and he says, give me, look at this, give me this mountain. Not give me any mountain. Not give me what's left. Give me what God showed me in my spirit 45 years ago that I never forgot in my prayer place when I was in the presence of God and He dropped something in my spirit. I never let go of it. Despite the wandering through the desert, I caught it in my spirit and I'm speaking it out now. Give me this mountain. You gotta say it, but look at this, he keeps going, which the Lord spoke in that day. Have you heard in this day that Anakin were there and that the cities were great and fortified? It may be 
that the Lord will be with me. Can you hear it? 85. He's saying, let's go. He's saying, let's go. He says, maybe God will do it. That's the type of dude you wanna be in the trenches with. Come on, he's saying, let's go. Maybe God will do it. Maybe we'll get our heads kicked in. Either way, I'm gonna go down fighting. He says, let's go. Those are the type of people you wanna roll with. These are the type of people you need around you that get something in their spirit and speak it out of their mouth and say, God's given me something. Let's go. Maybe God will do it. Maybe God will heal you. Maybe you will grow that business. Maybe God will bless that marriage. Let's go. This is, this is the power of what you speak. You have to, how are you gonna navigate your needs? You gotta say what it is that you want. What do you want? What do you want? Let me show you this verse that we love to quote so much. We say it when it comes to believing for big things. You all know it, Ephesians 3 and verse 20. Ephesians 3.20, let's say it. Now to him who is able to do, say these next two words with me out loud exceedingly abundantly. Say it like you're not fasting coffee. Exceedingly abundantly. Say it one more time. Exceedingly abundantly. That feels good, doesn't it? Feels good to say, because it's big stuff. Hey, how many believe for big stuff? He who is able to do exceedingly abundantly. Let me keep reading. Above all that we, what? Ask. He who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I ask. So what I speak sets the standard at which God will move from. So what is the level of your language? Because the level of your language will determine the starting point of God's power. That's the Word of God, exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think. So if you wanna see God do bigger, maybe you need to speak better. And if you speak better, you can declare more power out over your situation. You need to say what it is that you want. How are you gonna navigate through your needs? You've got to say it out of your mouth and He will do it. You need to raise the level of your language. It'll guide you, it'll direct you because it's possible for us to limit the power of God because of our language. You don't believe me? Matthew 13, verse 54, when Jesus had come to His own country, came into the synagogue, so they were all astonished and said, where did this man get this wisdom from? And these mighty works, skip down to verse 58. Now he did not do many mighty works because of their unbelief, because of what they said. What is God desperately wanting to do in and through your life 
that you've stopped or put a cap on because of your language. It's time to start speaking life. It's time to start speaking hope. It's time to start declaring over yourself, even though you may feel like you cannot, declare over yourself that you can. This is not self-help. This is not some silly seminar on positive. No, this is the power of the Word of God. I'm not saying that you're doing it in your own strength, but I am saying that you can set a standard by which God will do a supernatural work based off upon what you are prepared to say. You got to say it. It'll, it'll help navigate. This is what we're doing. We're navigating through. We're navigating through our needs. We're never, what do you do when you're driving somewhere? You're listening to Siri. Where are we going, Siri? Where are we going? And one moment she'll tell you to go left. Next moment she'll tell you to go right. Do you ever talk back to Siri? She can't hear you. Why do you do that? Some of you cussing out at Siri, listen. But this is, what I'm, this, is, this is what I'm trying to give you, how to navigate your needs. This is what this is. You've got to say it. And so Elisha comes and he says to her, what do you want? But he doesn't stop there. I, I, I got in this story and I thought this man of God, desperate woman, says to her, what do you want? I'm like, okay, Elisha, like, you know, I, I don't think it's real fair because you can see what she wants, but I get it, all right, get her to say it. Make her, you know, make her go through the motions. But then Elisha, dude's harsh, he doesn't stop there. Then he says to her, he says, what do you have? Like as if this chick hasn't been through enough already. He said, he's a man of God. He's a man of faith. He has seen God do, he's just seen Elijah go up to heaven, the Bible says, in, in chariots of fire, horses of fire. Like what does that even look like? He's seen the supernatural power of God. Why is he asking her, what does she have? As if Elijah doesn't know that God doesn't need anything to do something. He, he spoke the world into existence. He's, he's not looking for stuff to start with. You know, he can, what, what's he doing? Because he understands the power in valuing what you have right now. That you can actually miss what God has called you to do tomorrow by devaluing what God has given you today. It's a principle of stewardship. Some of you are praying that God would make you a millionaire, but you don't know what to do with a hundred bucks. And you're not stewarding a hundred bucks well. Some of you guys, you wanna get married, but you haven't woken up before noon in the last 50 years. Listen, let me tell you something. You might be great at video games, but you'll make a horrible husband until you learn how to better steward your singleness now. What you do now is preparing you for your tomorrow. You have to value what you have right now. So he says to her, he says to her, what do you have? The success that you are praying for tomorrow could be all determined upon what you do with the seed that you have today. 
You gotta steward it well today. You gotta do something right with it today. You cannot get so caught up in looking to the next season that you miss what God has for you right now. You, you've got to say it. You've got to say what you want, but then you have to see what you have. We're gonna start a series next month on Pastor Jensen's new book, Acres of Diamonds, which is exactly surrounding this topic, valuing what you have right now. God, I'm believing for this to happen, but it hasn't yet. So I'm gonna take what is in my hand now and I'm gonna steward it well now. I'm not gonna resent what I have now, I'm not gonna look down upon what I have now. I'm gonna value what I have now. But then, then as I'm, I'm going through this story with Elisha, and just when I'm, I'm starting to see, you know, Elisha's side of things, I keep thinking he's being too harsh, you know, to this woman, but I get it. Okay, Elisha, you want her to say it. Then you want her to see what she has as little as it is. But then Elisha does something. He says to her, Go on, go get it. Not only go get it, but go to your neighbours. Do you have any idea the shame involved in what this woman's been asked to do? That was where I was like, Elijah, come on, bro. Elisha, give her a break, you know? Really? She, her husband's dead. She's, she's got a dead husband and, and you're gonna send her off to her neighbours? You're a man of God. Just do the miracle. You ever look at some things like this? You're more spiritual than me. I look at this, I'm like, come on, come on. Just help the brother out, you know? Help her out, Lord. I'm looking at a thing in Elisha. Why are you getting this woman who is desperate, needs a breakthrough, needs a miracle? Why are you asking her to go and do something. Let me show you why. Because Elijah, Elisha understands the connection between breakthrough and obedience. There is a connection between your obedience and the breakthrough that you are believing for. It's not just enough for us to pray and for us to believe. Let me tell you something that's gonna make you wanna leave the church and not come back. You ready? <laughs> Prayer isn't enough. Prayer isn't enough. Let me explain it. Let me explain. I believe in the power of prayer. I believe that God does nothing except through prayer. I cannot go a single day without prayer. If you think you're gonna do what God has called you to do without living a prayer life, you're kidding yourself. I pray, me, me and my wife two, day, two days ago, me and my wife, she's out in Kidpack right now. Me and my wife had this knockdown drag, drag out, right? And I know that makes you wanna leave the church as well and go to a church where the preacher doesn't fight with his wife, but he'd be full of crap if he told you that anyway, and then you'll come back and realise that we're all normal. And so... Me and my wife, we had this knockdown drag out and I can't, it was probably her fault because I'm spiritual. And, and, but, and, 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 but you know, you know what I've learned? Do you know what I've learned? I, I pray, I pray over my marriage every day. And I speak the fruits of the Spirit over my marriage. 
Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. That's a good marriage right there. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Hey, that sounds good. So I pray that. I speak that over my marriage. I pray it. I believe it. I declare it. But if I'm a jerk to my wife, do you understand? It's not just what I pray that releases the miracle and the breakthrough. It's the combination of what I pray and what I do. So if I'm praying one thing and doing another, I will actually limit the power of God from being worked in my life because faith without what? Faith without works is dead. So it could be that you are killing what it is that you're praying for by not doing what God has told you to do. You release the power of God, not just by what you pray, but by what you do. Let me give you another one. I've got a one-year-old little girl and a three-year-old little boy. I pray over the two of them. I pray every night. I pray that the peace of God that surpasses all understanding would guard their hearts and would guard their minds. I grab hold of their little feet every night before they go to sleep, while they're sleeping. And I declare over them that their steps are ordered by the Lord. But do you know what? If I don't, as their dad, as that little girl, Leo, a little two-year-old little girl, if I don't give her the attention and the affirmation, and if I don't speak life into her, and if I don't give her time, and I don't get down on her level and play with little dolls that I don't feel like doing, and sometimes I feel too tired, but I recognise that it's a mandate that God has given me as a dad to represent the Father heart of God to a little two-year-old girl. What I pray will actually become manifest, not just by what I pray, but by what I do. That's why I don't have a problem. If you're down there in the lobby and you see me and I say goodbye and sometimes I'll talk with one or two of you and we're talking and we might even be praying. Let me tell you something. I love you. I believe God's purpose for you. But we might be in the middle of praying and a three-year-old little boy called Luca will come running out of discovery. And I'm sure he loves you too. But right there in that moment, he couldn't care less about what we're praying about because He sees His Dad. And let me just send out a big apology to all of you because the moment that little boy grabs on my pants, our prayer's gonna stop and so is our conversation because right there in that moment, I need to send a message to that little boy that he matters. And this ministry that we have, there's a ministry that God has given me first and it's to be a husband and it's to be a father. And the Bible says, if I do that well, then I'll do this better. And I need to ask if you can be behind us and say, you do what you have to do and recognise that what we are praying for won't happen on its own. We gotta do something. Let me tell you this, sometimes people will come up to me and they'll say, hey Ben, you haven't preached for the last one or two weeks. You taking a break? You know what I'm gonna say for you now on? Yep. Yes, I am. Because I want to stay married past 10 years. I want to actually take a Sunday and let a Pastor Jake get up and preach better than me. And let a Cody Adams get up and preach better than me. And maybe I'm going to sleep in on a Saturday and hang out with my wife and not study because I recognise that every now and then, every now and then, listen, let me tell you, this helped me. Help me. Because I realise I can pray all I want. 
But if I don't, the Bible says, worship Him in spirit and in truth. You know the verse that says, build your life, where talks, Jesus talks about what it was to build a house, remember? Man that built the house upon the sand. You know how they would build back in the day? It was out of mud brick. Mud brick is a combination of what? Water and dirt. Water all throughout the Scripture, it represents multiple things throughout Scripture. More often than not, it's the Word of God, it's the Spirit of God. You could encapsulate water as representing the things of the Spirit. What you're praying for. Dirt represents man. So saying, you're gonna build your life, not just upon what you pray for, what you believe, but it's also upon what you do. I meet people at different times. And listen, hear me when I say this. This is it's really important that you hear my heart. I believe God heals people. I believe in the supernatural power of God to heal physical bodies. I believe that at times it can be a spirit of disease, sickness and infirmity that can attack a healthy body. And I believe it's from hell. And I believe we have the power of God to beat it, to put the blood of Jesus over it and to see someone healed. But let me tell you this. It's not just enough to pray that you be free from sickness. The Bible says to treat your body like it's a temple. So if I'm eating Twinkies for breakfast and I'm having a steak and eggs and a bottle of wine every night for dinner for 10 years, guess what? You're gonna get sick. And you're giving the devil credit for something you did on your own. Then we pray for healing. Now, can God heal you? Absolutely. But we need to take, it's navigating. It's a tender bug. Listen, the word navigation, it means a planned direct route or course of a ship, aircraft or other form of transport, especially by use of an instrument or a map. This book's pretty good. Hey, it's been around for a while. If we would live it, my body's a temple. So yes, I'm gonna pray God cover me from sickness, but I'm also gonna live it. I'm gonna live it as best I can. I'm not talking about getting weird, you know what I mean? I'm saying, but the point I'm trying to make is it's not just about praying and believing and declaring. We gotta put action to what it is that we're believing for. That's what happened when Jesus went and Jesus healed the blind man. Remember the blind man that Jesus spat in the ground? Jesus spat in the ground. And the Bible says this. It says in, in whatever that verse is, put it up. And it says, says, He spat on the ground and then Jesus, who was God in flesh, the word there is He anointed the man's eyes. Hang on a sec. I mean, that sounds, that's off the chart. I mean, that's the real deal. You just got, you just got your blind eyes anointed by God Himself. But He didn't get healed then. Let me tell you another word for anointing, potential. Potential. If you do nothing with what you're anointed to, it just remains. 
but it becomes manifest by what you do. That's why Jesus anointed the man, but He didn't get healed right then because then He said, now I want you to go and wash. And when the man was obedient with what he had been anointed with, his healing came and his breakthrough came because he took it by faith and he added works to what he was believing in and he saw his breakthrough come in his life. Believe it, do it. This is how you're gonna navigate. You're gonna navigate. Now God will come and do some things in your life. That's just the, that, that's just God. That's, that's the sovereignty of God. Sometimes He'll just, more often than not, I've found we're navigating through our needs. You're trying to grow that business, you're navigating through it. Building a godly marriage, you're navigating through it. The obedience of man facilitates the moving of God. You got to say it, say what you want. You've got to see what you have and you've got to be what you need. You've got to navigate some things. Some of you are navigating some things right now. I want that to become your, your language. Navigating through it. Me and Caressa, we took our son last night to the monster trucks in Anaheim. Bro, that's an experience, I tell you what. And we were, I'm, I am horrible, horrible with directions. Horrible. If my wife was here, she would shout amen louder than you've ever heard in your life. And so we are, we're, we're driving, you know, to the stadium and I'm following Siri. When I'm in the car, I am in serious hands. I'm in, I'm in serious hands. I, I plead no case. When my wife says, where are we? I do not know. <laughs> Wherever we end up and whatever happens is not on my head. It is on series. Call Apple and talk to her. I do not know. We, turned, we took a turn into this street and it was like this random, like middle of nowhere. Literally like this dark, looked like an alleyway street. And I'm like, uh, and she looks up. I'm, she's looking at her phone and I'm like, I'm, I'm in my mind, I'm saying, please God, I pray she doesn't look up. Please don't. Chris is like, where are we? I said, I'm just doing what Siri said. This, that's, that's sometimes how I, I find it can be when you're navigating through needs. Do you ever look up? And maybe what you were believing for is different to what you thought and it's dark. And you're like, God, where, where the heck are we? Maybe you said it this week, maybe looking at your bank account, or maybe looking at your marriage or your kids or, just what you're walking through and you're saying, God, God, where are we? Best thing I did last night was just do what Siri was telling me. Because the thing about Siri, when you get on your phone with your maps, you know, you follow the little blue 
I'm I'm following the blue one, you know, the blue road, go down the blue road. Siri's already there. Because what Siri does is you punch in a destination. You're working from where you are to where you're going. But Siri is working from where you're going to where you are. Because if you scroll out and get a bigger perspective, you see that Siri's already there. And I wish I wish I could do that for your life. I wish I could put two fingers on you and just go. God's already there. There is no turn that's getting your God by surprise. Because He's got a destination in mind for you. He went ahead of you. He knows what's going on. He's already there. He marked out a line for you. And He's saying, come on, come on, I got you. I know it's dark. I know it's hard, but keep going. We're gonna walk through this and you're gonna come through out the other side better than you were. I need about 50 people in this room to just give God some praise right now. I'm glad He's there. I don't know about you, but I'm glad He's there. I'm glad I don't have to worry as dark as it might get. My God has gone ahead of me and He's already there. He's there. One of the best things we can remind ourselves of is that nothing gets God by surprise. You can't throw a curveball at God. Nothing gets Him by surprise. I don't know what you're walking through. But I'm telling you that this is something that I want you to take for 2020. You're gonna navigate through your needs more often than God's gonna meet your needs. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed.